We thought counting could be cool. There we go. Join Andrew Wolf and Brad Our mission make accounting fun. Follow us as we chat with amazing guests every Friday. Are you ready? Woohoo! Woohoo! Friday, we, we, we skipped last week, um, but we're making up for it with an amazing guest. Uh, a lot of you know our guest this week is the, the co-founder and CEO of Relay. And if you don't know him as the co-founder and Relay, founder of Relay, you probably know him as the head of marketing uh, at HubDoc. Um, I mean, but you've been around the industry a lot longer than even that. Uh, you were the director of product at Wave, a product manager at Wave before that. I think everyone's been at Wave, haven't they? <laughs> a, a lot of people have. It was certainly the Canadian side. It was for one of the early, early success stories. Uh, here in FinDeck uh, in Canada and Toronto. But even before that, you had Guru, which you were the co-founder and the CEO, and you and Cam built that, you know, back in, in 2010, which like how many apps were there back in 2010, right? Like it's you've been around this industry for, for a while. And like yeah. you were at HubDoc, like pre-revenue, like the early, early days of this, cloud accounting community which is like evolved and boomed and like now we've had this covid like five-year fast forward button all those hesitant people are now like moving over um you know tell me a little bit more about like what it was like in those early days when you were you know you and cam two programmers building an app you know like what made you want to build guru and like you know did you see did you have a vision for where we'd be today back then i mean uh number one so excited to be here uh but two like see you bud yeah uh (laughs) i i'd I'd love to say yes but i mean it was just like i was fundamentally unemployable uh most entrepreneurs yeah and like i'm not a feeling um and so i convinced cam to like quit his well-paying job and like we went and built this thing and managed to, to sell that to, to wave and join them. And that was like my first exposure to like accounting tech. Uh, and it was such like a good experience to see how like important uh, accounting is to small business owners. Like it was always something that like in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, yeah, this is obviously important, but like, it's such a critical part of the small business owners like journey and helping them understand like how they're performing and their financial visibility. And it's really, you know, how they tell how much of oxygen they have. Um, so that was like, yeah, the earliest exposure and, um, on the note of like the early cloud accounting ecosystem being in wave, I kind of felt like all accountants were on the cloud, right? That's how it felt being there at the time. Like, and this was, you know, 2013 or 2012. Um, and so coming out of that and going to HubDoc and like, you know, early 2014, when it was like, you know, pre-revenue and we were trying to talk to to both of you. Right. And we're kind of like, Hey, like, is this something you would care about? Um, there weren't too many people that were on the cloud. In fact, no one was on the cloud almost, right? Yeah. Especially- it was like you could count on one hand the number of people that were on like the zero or QBO cloud accounting, like find an advisor pages. Well, I was I was really new to the cloud accounting space when I met you, Yusuf. I, um, I was actually a zero guy first. And then I got into QBO, but I didn't really know anything. And you reached out, you were the, I was telling you offline, you were the very first app partner to reach out to me and you're telling me about your app and it sounded really cool. But honestly, I was going, I have no idea what that even means, but it sounds cool. And you, you signed me up with my account, still have it to this day. Um, and uh, I didn't really use it for a while because I didn't really understand what I was supposed to do with it. It, it sort of made sense to me, but it was still so new and just think of how things have changed since that. You know, we got to meet at 2015. I met Andrew for the first time. My first experience in the App Hall. You were the literally the only person I knew in the App Hall. You introduced me to Jamie Shul, uh, Shulman. I saw these big guys, this bigger company right next to you in orange. You guys, it was you and Jamie and McDonald might be been there too, but it really opened my eyes to to this industry. You know, and and uh, you know the rest, as they say, is history. But uh, yeah, um, it's really changed. Andrew, we were talking offline, just how we were all kind of in this space. It was like the, the early frontier of the industry, and just think of how much has changed since then. 
I, um, I remember being at like an Intuit, it wasn't like quite a trade show, but it was like an event that Intuit was hosting. Um, and it was like really early, like it was maybe spring of 2014. Um, and I remember Chris Fudge being up on stage. And at the time, QBO, like, was still, you know, there was a lot of work to be done. But that diplomatically, yeah. I just remember, like, accounts and bookkeepers in that audience just, like, grilling him and almost chastising him for, like, how bad the product was. And I, I remember that as, like, a lesson of, like, he just stood there. One, he took it. He made them to made them feel heard. And then he's like, look, we're going to make it better. Here are these things that we're doing. We're listening to you and we're working hard. And you look at like now it's like 2021 and it's obvious, obviously QuickBooks Online is improving and like everyone is using it. But like back then it, it wasn't as obvious, right? Um, and it was thanks to, to folks like him and folks like yourselves that like really pioneered this thing and, and committed to what you believed in as the future. Well, I remember I, the I story... Really that Bogdan Bogd Mazala told us, and Andrew, I know you've heard this as well, but they were the ones that had to sell this in the marketplace. They had to go into accounting firms and say, look at this thing that we're working on. But it was so unreliable that they used to do um, PowerPoints and they say, this is what it's supposed to do. And they would go through their PowerPoint demonstration to show you how the software worked. You know, they couldn't that do a live demo or else it would blow up on them and embarrass them. I, I've shared the story a couple of times. I don't know if I've told you, uh, Yusuf, about the first time that um, I got converted over to, to QBO. So Chris Fudge, Jim McGinnis, um, and another woman, I can't remember her name right now. She went off to Australia, uh, came into my office. They'd somehow snuck, uh, snuck a meeting in because I was on zero at the time. And Akshay, who was my, my business development manager at the time, had just been persistently like calling around my office and like got like my secretary who booked a meeting with me and like so they came in i didn't really like i was like ugh, pissed off that they had taken this rachel amio rachel amio right yeah yeah that's she the I, one that went to australia yeah and Sorry, and i basically spent me, my I had, brain i had no idea who jim mcginnis was i had no idea who chris fudge was and i basically just sat there and told them about like how shit i thought the product was how much i hated quickbooks desktop and the, the accountant copy <laughs> and um and it was that exact message to like listen um we recognize that that we have a lot of work to do, as as you put it, um, and, but we're here to listen. And and I, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that <laughs> that response. Yeah, because um, Zero was it was a was a more complete package. I remember the first time I saw Zero advertised, it sounded so cool. And one of the first things I did was Google it around, and I and I came across. Zen Accounting out of Montreal, of course, Ryan Lazanis. And he also used the X. So I figured, hey, this X thing must be the thing to do, right? It's zero and Zen and X and X. So um, I, I thought zero was, was amazing when I first looked at it, but it still was like, how could I put a, an accounting system into the cloud? It just doesn't seem feasible that you should be able to do that from a security perspective and all these things. But, you know, when I logged into Zero, it actually worked. I thought it was oh, a little the too bank cute. Feed. The bank feed is what blew me away. I was yeah, like, but it, it actually works, right? It yeah. actually worked. And then I went into QBO and it was like, oh, <laughs> this isn't very good. Now, there was a point where they hit this new iteration of it, where it caught my attention for the first time. And that was maybe a year after. And, and then the rest is history. I mean, obviously... Um, both products have evolved remarkably and they're the standard, right? Pretty yeah. much the worldwide standard. I know in Australia and New Zealand, there's the MYOBs and Sage has a bit of a, a, a play, but it's become the, the iOS versus Android. And that's kind of how I, I sell it to, to in the marketplace. If somebody asks me about Zero, I say, hey, Zero's great software. And so is QBO. It's, it's, the flavor that you want to use there's yeah. pros and cons of both but generally speaking it's like do you want to buy an iphone or do you want to buy an android phone and i love that fact because it makes it easier to service our clients because you know i can still i don't dabble in zero much but now i'm actually pay attention to it if somebody comes to me with a zero problem i ask well first of all can i help them and if i can't maybe i can find somebody that will you know, I mean, we know enough people in the space. I used to be a little more, and 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 Yusuf, you probably remember this because I was, you know, raw raw QuickBooks, but I've actually learned to really respect 
the zero side as well, because they have a strong following and they have their own um, sort of community out there and some really great people in that space. I think of Liz Mason down in, in Colorado. Um, um, why is her name escaping me in New Orleans? Uh, <laughs> Amanda, Amanda, Aguilar. Amanda, of course, Ag- Aguiar. She's amazing, you know, and we have oh, really Chad. nothing. Yeah, Chad. And, you know, we've obviously got ours. The great thing is, it's the visionaries, right? It doesn't matter what tool you use. It's just, we have that same mindset and that's what makes it special. Um, And speaking of visionaries, this is maybe a a good transition point. Great segue. Yeah, well, because I really love what you're doing with Relay. I I mean, the only thing I do not love about what you're doing with Relay is that it's still not here in Canada. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. we're going to have to bust your chops on that until it's available. Um, and, and we're all like, you're, I'm sure you get that at every presentation where there's ever a Canadian present, because, um, we all think that, that you've done some amazing things, obviously, uh, in the community and, and we're all like, cause we, we know how important what you're working on is for what we do. And we know that like the Canadian banks are holding us back from where we need to go to catch up to some of the other countries like yeah. Australia and the UK, um, that are leaps and bounds ahead of us. And, and our banking system is really one of the big things that are holding us back. And I know you're not here in Canada, a big chunk of our audience is Canada, but we, we, we have a lot of people in the U S like, do you want to break it down for those of yeah. those of our listeners who don't know what relay is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, relay is basically banking designed for accountants and bookkeepers and their clients. Um, so you make it really easy for you to collaborate with your clients. So you get a partner portal similar to like QBOA or Zero HQ. Um, you get a direct bank feed that syncs every three hours um, and it never sends across a duplicate transaction. So it's like really reliable. There's like no middlemen uh, or third parties between. There's actually people. an API, right? There's like actually, that's- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like our audience knows the language. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's the I, big yeah. difference, right? <laughs> and, and, then, and then the third thing is we send across like enriched transaction data into the accounting system. So when a check is deposited in Relay, you actually get the vendor information, the, the payer's name, the amount, the date, the memo. Um, and you don't have to like get check one, two, three, four, or mobile check deposit or whatever it says, and then have to find the check image, try and read the chicken scratch. Um, we just pass that information across into the accounting system. Um, so you know the way you can think about Relay is really like next generation like business banking um, right. designed for like growing businesses. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's built to alleviate the pain points that you know we've all experienced in the industry from bank feeds to accessing statements to like holding on to like bank logins from your clients right and you're dealing with 2fa codes mfa rsa keys all this stuff um and uh yeah it's a it's a nice piece of software so would it fall under like the category of a disruptor bank yeah it would be like a yeah challenger bank or neo bank um exactly yeah. What I what I like about it, Yusuf, is um, I listen to um, to David and Blake on Cloud Accounting podcasts, and and obviously they're in the U.S. and there's a lot more banks and and savings and loans and everything down there. Lots of different regulations, and frankly, a lot of people say there's a lot of crappy sort of banks down there. So I could see how it would be um, super disruptive. But um, one thing they talk about is how some of these banks like to maintain that they're super advanced and they're progressive and they, they understand all this, but when it comes down to it, they're really not. And I think locally, um, I really like dealing with CIBC. I have for years and they're my, my personal bank. They're my, um, my business bank. And they brought out this, this new tool that which sucks. I forget what they call. I think it's been discontinued because, um, I went in and I just told them, I said, well, yeah, but a lot of these features, I don't really see the point. Well, number one, it didn't work with your credit card. So like, what the fuck? (laughs) Well, even the bank feeds, like they they said they were these direct secure bank feeds. And yet I found it more awkward. I went back to the old way of doing things because I found the old way much more. and, And the mobile, like they had no mobile presence. Whereas my CIBC app is so useful because the business... And personal, they're still segregated, but I can actually move money from one to the other and vice versa with just pulling it out and doing a quick transfer. And then I got bank rules within QBO that just know exactly what that transaction was and it just records it for me. Whereas with this smart banking, this most advanced banking there ever been, 
it was like a whole new environment that didn't work with their ecosystem. So I just didn't understand it. So I don't yeah. think that banks really truly understand what it is we're looking for because so many bookkeepers out there, you hear them talking, oh, the bank again, the bank again. So what you're doing is revolutionary because you've been there. You've played in the space. You know who we are as accountants and bookkeepers, and you're providing, you're solving pain points at every step of the way. So when is it going to be available? (laughs) We we promised we wouldn't go too far in that, but we have to. I respect that. I mean, I feel guilty every day that we're not live in Canada, right? Like I'm, I'm here in Toronto. Uh, I'd love for us to be, to be live here. Um, it's, it's not as easy as it is in the U S to get started just due to like regulatory and kind of competitive dynamics in the market. Um, our hope is to, to be live, like, you know, our, we keep saying like kind of next year type of thing. Um, but you know, we're, we're hopeful that at some point things are going to shift and when they do, we can, kind of spin this up and, and be live here and work together again. And I think that'd be super fun. Um, I, I remember good times uh, like at QuickBooks Connect and seeing you guys and uh, it'd be nice to have you as a customer again. Yeah, well, we'll see it's going new heights and we'll, well, at least I'll see it's going new heights. We'll, we'll still have some good times for sure. Be at Connect in 2020. Even if I can't be a customer, I can still, I, we can still hang out and, and have fun. If, if, well, you, we, have, we, if you have uh, Canadian business owners who have a US entity, you could actually sign up for Relay. There you go. Um, yeah. So that that's a possibility. So there are, well, was there just, are a few workarounds. We yeah. were just talking about Amanda Aguiard. And uh, of course, she's all about New Orleans. She has her um, her event down there every year. But mm-hmm. ZeroCon is actually in New Orleans in the spring. And so when I saw that posted, I'm in one of the Zero groups. And she's she might even be an admin. As soon as I saw that, I said, oh, Amanda, as soon as I heard that, I thought of you, you must be beside yourself. Because I'll tell you, as much as it's nice to go away for a conference, Andrew, when, when you came to Calgary for Get Connected Calgary and all my friends and, and my accounting cloud accounting family showed up in my hometown, it was awesome. You know, I, I didn't have as far to go. <laughs> I didn't have to deal with airports. I actually loaded up everything on my Vespa and went down to the hotel, the hotel for the weekend and or for the conference. So I'm thinking if I'm going to go to a conference, I might just go to ZeroCon because I've always wanted to go to New Orleans. Um, and uh, you never know. Brad, you're a new man. <laughs> well, you know, it's, you never know. Like, well, the, the thing is, is um, I, I, I miss conferences sure i wouldn't know a lot of people there but you know what i would know a lot of people there i know a lot of people in the zero space now and frankly andrew and i talk about this all the time i go to conferences now and i don't even pay attention to what they're talking about product and things like that in the hallway yeah it's 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 those hallway conversations um it connect the very last connect we had we called it canadian corner all the canadians were we 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 staked our claim on these couches that were right out in the open and people were walking past us. And then a lot of people sat down with us. It got bigger and bigger and bigger. And by, by the end of it, no one was actually going to any, any of the the breakouts because we were just hanging out. So that's the part I miss the most. Like that has been, and I am totally envious that you guys are going to scaling, even though I have my reasons for not going and it's not just politics. I laugh about it. Um, it's just not the time for me to go. And Andrew, for you, you know, you've, you've got this amazing relationship with Lysio and you're using the product. It makes sense that you're going and I'm, and I'm going to be totally jealous and I definitely have FOMO. Um, and it really is that environment I'm going to miss, you know, being around, there's going to be a lot of people there. There's a lot of people not going. You're going to want to stay of... off social from like the 22nd <laughs> to the 27th, or we might give you a bit more FOMO there. That's nah, okay. It's okay. I, I, I've actually come to terms with this one. If it was Connect, and you guys were going to Connect, oh, yeah, and right. I was staying home, like that almost happened, Andrew, in, uh, in uh, 2019 with San Jose, that was hard to take. So I, I'll, I'll get over it. And I know that, um, the conference is in good hands because the last time I was at scaling the heights in 2019, Andrew, you weren't there. And I tried That's to right. get you there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, come to Utah. Come yeah, to my, Utah. I, I have pretty hard and fast rules from the wife about. Yeah. What, it's what. very simple. 
Yeah, it's very simple. Someone's got to pay for Someone's it. Someone's got to pay for it. <laughs> like, it's just, she's like, you're not leaving me with these kids um, and spending money to do it. That's not happening. Um, so she has very, very strict rules for me. So um, I got to figure, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get zero to pay, someone from zero to pay me to come yeah. back. I don't think they're going to pay me unless I agree to to uh, drop QBO. And uh, I don't know. No, it's, uh, I just brainstorming because i really 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 want the i miss the people side of it like we've had we're, we're back into it more restrictions here in alberta and i'm just living my life like i have been for the last year and a half or whatever but is, isn't this getting a bit old you know what i mean it's just well and also like with mercury and retrograde or whatever it is that everyone just <laughs> seems to be in a fucking terrible mood like the world's know. in a messed up it's a weird place right now it's just everything is weird it's like we're in this episode of the twilight zone and it's now season like how many seasons are we watching of this show and when's well, the show over i want to see what's going to happen i, I gotta and, tell uh, you a story of like just what jackasses are out there like I have this, this, uh, customer. So it's, a, it's, it's like one of our like D customers never pays his bill on time. Um, you know, and, and is now contesting a bill saying, Hey, you never told me you were going to charge me for this. I'm like, like, you, you know, that we charge you for like all of our time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> At what point did you think that you were going to sit down with an accountant for free? Um, and he's like, meanwhile, he's contesting his bill, which generally speaking, you know, we're like, if someone's going to contest the bill, we generally speaking, will just let it go. Right. Uh, there's not enough there. We don't have, we have small enough clients that there's no one bill that's going to destroy our business. And we'd rather have the goodwill. Right. We, you know, usually we'll try to like convince them why you should pay for something you agreed, the service you agreed to um, and whatever. And now he comes back to us and he's, he, he, uh, he, he's, he needs an urgent personal tax return because he's, he's applying for a house. So he wants us to do his urgent uh, T1. We're like, well, you, you kind of got an outstanding bill. Like we can't really, you know, help you until you at least get caught up on the outstanding bill, which by the way, has been sitting for like two years. Um, and he starts going on to like this tirade of, you know, you know how he was going to come after us and how this was completely unreasonable that we would charge him for this time because he was never told that it was billable um, and threatening us. But I really like your service. So I want you to do my T1. I'm like, where am I nuts here? Like where, where, like you think I should just let you have, you know, $800 of free service and then rush your personal tax return for you. I'm like, I, I just, why don't you fire him, buddy? Well, this is, I would love your advice on like, that's my intent. Fire him. If he owes 800 bucks and it's over two years and he's just a high, that's definitely an 80, 20 situation. From from our our perspective where we were sort of at with him is like, okay, you pay the bill, you can come back and we'll work with you. You don't want to pay the bill. Good seeing you, right? Which is basically what we told him when he came back. He has back. so many clients, Andrew. I would that guy would be long gone. Well, what do you think, is, Yusuf? Am I being unreasonable? We, no, I think that's fair. But I, it sounds like Andrew kind of did that, like very politely. Well, and then he uh, goes into he he threatens us, and then of course you know what you know what else he did? He back channels me, calls my dad, and my dad's like, "Oh yeah, sure, we'll do it." And I'm like, "Dad, no, we're not." No, he like, calls no. dad. Hey George, I know you're gonna listen to this because you always do. Yeah. Don't do that. And Don't meanwhile, my that. dad like has a broken back and is high on painkillers. Like what? <laughs> He's got a broken he... back. Did you not back up? Him? Yeah. So oh, he fell. Didn't yeah, he that, had a that, fall. Yeah, he had that fall, which was like weeks ago broke his back I forgot about that uh hope you're doing well georgia but uh, ignore my previous comment i i really do hope the best yeah. for you pal um and i appreciate <laughs> my dad always wanting to like look out for the customers yeah. but like at some point you got to be like he's a good man i'm not gonna bend over for you to like take advantage of me like yeah. if you don't want to pay fine don't pay but we're done like we're not we're not doing any more work for you what 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 do you find is the trigger point for when you fire like a client or a customer you know, I'm terrible about this. Like I've seen so many presentations. <laughs> he doesn't about, like, do it. <laughs> I don't do it. Like, like I, 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 Andrew I, I, loves everybody. That's a, it's a, it's a, it's a quality I admire about you, buddy. But I also want to slap you upside the head some days because you well, just, it's, you it's will find the dad. good in everyone and hold on to it, no matter how bad they are. My dad's <laughs> instinct is to, you know, uh, you know, give away, what is it? What is it? Uh, 
give away your asshole and shit through the ri- shit through your ribs is the way my stepmother. Yeah, we're allowed uh, to swear on this. He's <laughs> explains feel it. Feel free. And and he's always yeah. the person who gives people <laughs> two, three, four chances. Right. Um, and and you know, he's on the mindset that he'd, he'd rather be burned, but of you know, giving people every opportunity he could. Yeah. Um, and that's partly because he he grew up in pretty pretty rough uh, neighborhood when he was a kid and. It was only because of the opportunities, you know, he was given by this guy, Northrop Fry, who basically changed my dad's life um, by helping him, you know, get an education at U of T that he couldn't afford and, and, and wasn't able to do. Uh, and if it weren't for the help of this one guy, my dad would not be the person he is today. And so because of that, he feels, you know, he'd, he'd rather be burnt and have, and have done more than he should have. And, some of that's rubbed out on, off on me for sure. Although I'm not as generous as my dad, as we're finding out. And I'm not as generous as you, Andrew. That's why we butt heads once in a while. I'm, yeah. I, I can be a little more uh, blunt about that, but it is a good quality. But like, um, Brad, but, Brad what, what about you? What's Where's your line? My line? Yeah, like when um, you fire someone. Yeah, when you well, fire I'm, um, I'm very, very, very careful about who I take on. I make it clear that I won't take on everyone. Um, I always have an exploratory call. I prefer Zoom these days um, because then you can see mannerisms, you can see expressions, you can see how they carry each other because especially like we can't do face-to-face very often. So I've learned to do these exploratories. And if I'm not feeling the love, I'll try and I won't, I'll try not to even take them on. So it's that pre-screening keeps me safe. I've had cases where I can tell I'm not going to be able to help this person or I don't want to. So I'll, I'll kind of let them down easy up front. But once I do have that relationship, I've, I've had cases. I've had this one guy, um, I actually had two businesses with him mm-hmm. and I like the guy. I truly yeah. like the guy, but he's too erratic. And like this guy has, <laughs> I'll never forget the first time I met him. I said, okay, um, I got to set you up with your software because you, you wanted you wanted receipt bank, you wanted QBO, so I you know I charge him monthly. Need his credit card, and he reaches into his wallet and he says, which one should I use? And he's got like twelve or fifteen credit cards, and he just starts pulling one out. Oh no, I can't use that one because I can't. And I was like, oh my god, this is this is a red flag, and it became kind of a red flag because these cards would would be maxed out and then he'd move on to another one. It was really like, there was, ri- there was risk all over this, but you know, he tended to pay his bills, et cetera, et cetera. But then it got to the point where I had to call him every month for a new payment method. So I kind of conspired with his bookkeeper <laughs> to put them on Rotessa, which is a bank, you know, with yeah. uh, obviously PAD, fact, pre-authorized debit. Yeah. Pre-authorized debit. And, uh, just to plug next week, we actually have the founder of Rotessa is going to be our guest next week, but um, I got the information. We were going to do it, never got around to it. And then when this credit cards kept getting declined and he just wouldn't respond, I'd say, I need a new card. Marty, just take a picture of your card and text it to me because I couldn't even rely on the paperwork element of it. And he's just kept ghosting me um, for whatever reason. So I said, screw it. I'm putting him on Rotessa. So I, I had him on Rotessa for about six months. First month he bounces the payment and then Rotessa charges me and I had to charge yeah. him and I had to keep redoing it. And then one night I get this really nasty text from him uh, probably a month ago saying, what the hell are you doing? debiting my bank account. <laughs> I've been doing it for six months before he clued in. And then he started getting all fired up. And I just politely yeah. said, finally i get to get rid of this and i i just said well it's been a pleasure doing business thanks for everything the guy actually put the roof on my house he's a roofing business i said thanks for the roof and i just kind of quietly said even though he was mad that i was debiting his bank account at the same time it's like oh good this is my exit and i just ran for the doors and i'm gone and i felt relieved by it so that's an extreme case because mm-hmm. there is the potential with this guy because he was so entrepreneurial and I did get some good billings out of him, but he was so erratic. Where the line gets, gets crossed is if I get disrespected, you know, like um, mm-hmm. the reason I went to work on my own in uh, 2013 was 
I just ended up working this string of jobs where I'd come in with the expectation that I'm going to finish my career here. And I would really take my time to get to know who I was working for, um, who owned the place. And I would come in with this really great expectations. And I found like, I just kept getting misled at the interview stage where as soon as you got there, you realized after a week that it wasn't what they said it was. And I ended up in these really toxic sort of situations. My last couple of jobs were really hard for me to, to, to go to work. I used to lose sleep over them because I'm, I'm a, I like to be that high performer in every organization I've been to, but in such a way I'm collaborative. I work with people. I'm great at teams and mentoring and coaching and all that stuff. But that became a curse because you would do these things and you'd get people would be intimidated by that, thinking you're trying to undermine them. And it's like, no, 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 I'm not. And what really came to a head was the very last place I worked, the boss there it was a very big company, a $3 billion a year uh, part of it. Yeah, we did 3 billion. No, I can't, big number, 300 million. I, I've lost track, but it was a pretty, it was bigger than a lot of the companies that I've worked for, but my God, the, the, politics and the rules mm -hmm. and this guy didn't like the fact that i was making positive change i was the operations manager for western canada i had uh 25 locations and everywhere i went i was making these great impressions on people because they were used to this toxic environment and then comes in brad all you guys know me I, i'm being me and they loved it but the boss didn't, I didn't realize this, that he was watching me making positive change and he didn't like it because he didn't want positive change. He wanted to rule with an iron fist. So long story short is when I left there, that's when I went out on my own. I got tired of working for shitty bosses. So when we're in business for ourselves, clients are like bosses. Right? Yeah. We, we are accountable. You think you're getting rid of one box? You're really just getting yeah, a bunch more? You're getting a lot more bosses. <laughs> So as soon as I have an, uh, a client that maybe berates me or makes me feel like, like that last boss did or actually the last three bosses that I see that it kind of triggers me a bit and I don't want that client anymore. So it's, it's more of a, a feeling I get that like I, um, one of my first, like, I think it was my third client I ever had around the time I got to know you guys. Uh, a roofing business in North in Northeast Calgary. The entrepreneur that ran the place, she was really interesting. She had a lot of things going for her, but she was very high maintenance and she was kind of mean spirited. And she demanded things that was like, uh, I can't actually do that for what you want me to, what you want to pay for that. I mean, that's going to cost you a lot more. She wanted this big cash flow scenario. And she, she just became so unreasonable that she, Luckily for me, she reached out to me and says, yeah, this isn't working. And I agreed. I said, it's not. It felt good. So anyone out there that has that bad client that is making your day a living hell so you don't even want to touch their file because you just don't like them, get rid of them. Like, yeah. Andrew, every single time case, I finally got there, I always felt glad I did it. And I just felt like I waited too long. That's, I've, I've never fired hard. someone and been like, fuck, I wish I didn't do that. Not once have I regretted doing it. But no, I'm also no. the person that waits way too long to do it. <laughs> but well, what do they say? Hire slowly, fire faster, right? Isn't that, isn't that the slogan? Yeah. Like, I mean, do I think a lot, of, clients. A, a lot of business owners feel a little, you know, helpless or powerless in those situations, right? They're almost like, they feel powerless to the money that's coming in. And they're yes. scared whether they're going to be able to find another client. Yeah, to replace um, them, yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember like early on in our journey, I had lunch with another entrepreneur and he was like telling me this story of like a situation where someone felt like really powerless, right? Like their, their board wanted to like sell that company and the entrepreneur was like, I'm not sure that I really want to sell, but like, I kind of feel like the board wants to do it. So he, he felt like, you know, he didn't have any control. And then he kind of took a step back and it's like, well, what if I don't want to sell? And I just like, do what I want and what I feel is the right thing to do. And he recognized that in that moment, like, you know, he wasn't actually powerless. He was actually the most influential person, the most powerful person in that situation. Um, and kind of the idea of like, hey, it's scary to fire a client. Of course it is. Yes, it is. But it, but it puts you into the driver's seat to go and find that right client. 
um, and sets you up for success over the long term. I had to walk away from my biggest client. Um, that first QuickBooks Connect. This this was a one and a one and a half year co- uh, uh, contract. Um, it, yeah. It's still my biggest client to this day. But at the end, it it had become so. I wouldn't say toxic. Yeah. It it became so stressful because I was their CFO. I had to reconstruct two businesses. What had happened was they were on Sage. They were doing fine with Sage. They had two different GLs, one for each company. They had two companies, and um, he hired this this receptionist that he really he really liked her because she was pretty, and he thought that he had a chance for. Her. It was really sad. It was really sad that part. So she goes, I don't like Sage. I want to use QuickBooks. And he goes, oh, just do anything you want, honey. You go do QuickBooks all you want. So she said, okay. And she got Enterprise, QuickBooks Desktop Enterprise. And they took two legal entities that had different share structures and different ownership structures and just put them into one GL and tried to figure it out. And then they they ran with it for six months and they were paying suppliers two and three times. They weren't collecting on receivables. They, they, they built big things. They're a manufacturer and they had millions of dollars in receivables. They had million dollars, these massive contracts. They weren't even invoicing. So because they were so busy and they're in the oil patch, money was coming in, whether they, they, they didn't realize it. So they, were, they didn't notice the fact that they had $5 million in receivables out there. And, and the customer was gladly taking these oil tanks shipped up to Alaska Without paying. They didn't have to because it was all in the contract saying there'd be progress draws and deposits, but nothing ever happened. So um, when I got there, I, it was just such a mess. I stuck with them for so long and I finally put it all together. I had to do a lot of forensics and I had to recreate two different jails and it was really stressful, but I was the de facto CFO. I was doing everything for them. But as we had this recession kind of creep in and, and I could see once I finally got clarity in, into what these companies were doing, because we were way behind on our bank reporting and he had some big loans that he used for, for um, expansion. Once I got everything together, I looked at the numbers. I went, oh my God, I, I felt like the, the captain of the Titanic and I could see the, the iceberg the right playing. in front of me. And I'm like... <laughs> where's the lifeboat? I'm not going down with any ship. I don't, this isn't my ship. I'm just a passenger, you know? So I, I saw it and the bank was getting pretty stressed out about things and they were, and, and my guy didn't really understand bank diplomacy because he was telling, he was in special loans and he was telling the, the agent at the bank to go F himself every all the time you can't do that and he said well actually can you you owe them millions of dollars and they actually have a right to ask for that no they don't it's my business and they hang up the phone on this guy and i'm just stuck in the middle so long story short i got i got paid up mm-hmm. you didn't owe me anything the money was tight i had to wait a lot of time to get paid near the end i had a five-figure amount owing to me and i was having a hard time paying my own bills so once i got paid I, I said, I had the tough conversation with him and said, I have to put you on, I have to put you on uh, prepayments. You have to pay me in advance. I'm not chasing my invoices down anymore. And he got so angry with me and I, and I, I drew a line in the sand and he went, and that was it. The relationship ended. It was hard. It was the most lucrative contract I ever had. I had nothing to back it up. I had nothing to you know follow it up with, but it was, it was liberating again because it was the right thing to do. And it felt like I had a bad job when this guy was phoning me up, yelling at me. I thought, man, it just brings me back to, to the old days. So yeah, it's uh, crazy stories. And, you know, it's interesting to hear those businesses with so vulnerable from bad bookkeeping decisions. Um, yeah. And, and business was- and that was the point is that I wanted him to get rid of this girl because she was, she meant well, but she was taking advantage of the fact that the boss wanted to sleep with her, even though she had no intention of it. She kind of, he would put in her dishwasher. He went over to her house and the vacuum was broken. So he bought her a new vacuum. He gave her a raise just so she could buy a car that she wanted instead of a nice basic car. She wanted this hopped up Jeep. So he gave her a raise just so she could qualify for the loan. And I was watching this going on. And I finally said, basically said, if you don't get rid of her, I have to leave. 
So he said, well, I'm not going to get rid of her. <laughs> you know, like probably his mistress. About a, well, no, no, it, it, it wasn't that way at all. Cause she, she actually, um, um, she was gay. <laughs> he didn't know that. And he's kind of a redneck. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a redneck. And uh, there's no such thing as a gay person in his world, right? He is a very anti, anti-gay. In fact, he used to make jokes about it. And she would just sit there and, you know, hey, she's getting paid well. She's getting free dishwashers, free vacuum. I need, I need that Jeep. I can. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice walk. Jeep. I'm not necessarily a Jeep person, but it was a nice one. And yeah, so she took advantage of it. And I just thought, I got to go. I got to yeah. go. So that was a pretty extreme case. But um, yeah, it's like anything else. I think that we have to just look big picture and, and not be afraid in our own abilities. You sometimes you just got to walk away from those things because, you know, you mentioned use of that's the fear, the fear of the unknown. What if I get rid of this client? And in my case, I had nothing to back it up because I had had a year and a half of one main client with a few little projects here and there. And then all of a sudden I had nothing. And it was terrifying. It was like getting fired. You know, all of a sudden, oh, I got to go do my resume again. How long, how long did it take to find that, you know, to kind of plug the, plug the gap? Next big one? Uh, About six or eight months. Okay. That's, yeah, that's but all. that's why I'm a big fan of like the little clients, whole bunch yeah, of little clients. I, I'd rather have smaller ones than one big one. I like having a big anchor client. I call them, you know, somebody that that you can get some good billings out of. But it's those little recurring ones, little project, and they're they're gratifying. It's the small clients that tend to appreciate your input more. It's true. The they ones. do seem more grateful the smaller the clients. Yeah. Um, but I do want to take this opportunity to, to transition to like maybe something that people actually maybe should be have a little fear around um, and something that, <laughs> that, that you guys you are working on. Um, I thought this is a great topic. I love what you're doing with practice protect um, uh, and rewind. Um, so why do you want to tell everyone what you guys are working on? Yeah, I want to know. I don't know. I'm just pretending I do. I mean, I, I working on is a strong, a strong, okay. I think, I think we have a promoting white paper. We have a white yeah. paper. Um, on you know how, what are security best practices, right? How to build a security uh, data security stack for your firm, um, and so you can actually download it. Uh, if you, I'm sure if you Google it, uh, I'm sure it's also. I think it's in the on your Twitter feed, feed, by the way. It's on my <laughs> in Twitter case you feed. don't know. <laughs> yeah, go go to my Twitter feed. It's, yeah. it's there, um, and uh, you know I think data security is like it's really challenging, right? Um, going back to like the early days of you know cloud adoption. Um, when it was like 2014, I can remember the number of times I would go to an accountants and bookkeepers office and I would see bank logins like written down on just like a notepad. And yeah, a or sticky note beside the computer. And everyone would share them, right? You would just have one login they, or a stack of debit cards. What's the login? Let me email it, it to you. What's it? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so like we, we, you know, we've all seen it or experienced it firsthand, like how hard it is to actually like maintain the security of your information, maintain the security of your like clients' information. Um, things have gotten better with like password managers, but even in that context, right? Um, like the number of firms that are setting up like Twilio numbers or Google Voice numbers to post MFA codes or 2FA codes into their Slack account so that whoever is there can like grab the grab right. the code. Um, <laughs> they need sticky notes to just stick it in Slack and everyone goes and grabs a <laughs> password. In the history. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, I, our goal with working with Rewind, which is like an amazing, uh, like SMB SaaS, like backup solution um, and practice protect um, is to kind of give you a combined perspective. Um, like with Relay, the thing that's really nice from like a banking perspective is that you get your own bank login uh, for your client's accounts and you can manage staff access to different client accounts with differing levels of permissions. Right. Um, and with those logins, you can do, you know, real two-factor authentication, not like SMS codes, like using Google Authenticator or Authy or whichever authenticator you might use. Um, and it just makes it more secure. Um, and I think that's the, the world that we're eventually going to live in, uh, whether you're using Relay or not. I think in time, um, everyone's going to be able to like access their client's banking using their own login. They're going to be able to have sec real security, like 2FA codes for themselves, um, and that, that's really what's going to kind of set up firms for success and, and decrease the chances of, of fraud occurring or yeah, and a full on audit trail. You have your own login. You can do your own thing. And if you're going to do stuff that is less than honorable, it's tracked to you. 
right? But right? That, I mean, you that's know? that's what I love too is like this zoning it in and like not giving access to you know blanket access to all your clients. Like let's 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 tailor the level of control. You know, this is one of the most important things that's that's often overlooked and and like you know so. 2FA versus, you know, true MFA, like, so two-factor authentication, which is typically like just your cell phone versus multi-factor authentication, which is now multiple forms of way, ways that you could authenticate, whether that's the authenticator app, which my understanding from like, and I'm no security expert, but I'm, I'm definitely diving deep into this because there's a 70% increase year over year in cyber attacks. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of, of uh, data that's flowing around and now with people working from home, you know, using their own devices rather than, you know, uh, you know, computers in an office with a controlled LAN environment where there's behind a firewall, the level of, of risk has really, really gone up dramatically uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and I think that a lot of people don't really understand uh, the level of exposure that they have um, and the costs of what you could get caught with if something were to happen. I mean, people are hearing about ransomware attacks. So obviously like if you don't have backups and you you can't rebuild, if someone encrypts your data, you know, you could be in a really, really dire situation, right? So, you know, making sure that you have backups, making sure that these backups are are, are stored offsite is critical. Um, And then, you know, of course, you know, if they, if you do have that, yeah, they can't, they, they can't encrypt your data and prevent you from working, which is like the most important thing, right? Like as accountants, if we get shut down, we're, we're, we're in, a, in dire straits. And, you know, we had uh, an issue that wasn't an attack years and years ago, back when we, you know, in the days of tape backups, you remember tape backups? Um, <laughs> so we, we had magnetic oh, tape backups and, um, and our server crashed. And this was like, you know, like a server, which was basically like a PC over in the corner with the box server, in, the ca- in, the, right? in the cupboard. Um, and, and, uh, and, and it crashed. I'm like, oh, we'll just go to the magnetic tape backups. Do you think the magnetic tape backups worked? No, we'd been running them every single week, but no one had been checking them. So like check your backups, people, like make sure that, that they actually work because I found out the hard way years and years ago that, that, the that, that you know, you can't just assume that it, it worked, right? Like if you're storing it on a, you know, a backup hard drive somewhere, has that backup hard drive failed? Like, are you using like cloud storage is, you know, making sure that all that information is backed up and safe is, is obviously critical. And then, sorry, Yusuf, it sounds like- Yeah, I was gonna say like, um, and also like educating your team yeah. um, on the importance on- of security and best practices. Like uh, we have an entire section of our onboarding that is dedicated to security best practices. Yeah. So it explains that, you know, we have a, a device monitoring system. It doesn't monitor necessarily what you do, but we keep track of all the devices at Relay. Um, you should be aware that you'll get random emails from fraudsters pretending to be Yousef yeah. uh, saying, I have an urgent matter, call me immediately. And it's like, no, it's not me. I don't write like that. Like, I'm stuck know. at the thing, send me 50 bucks or 500 Yeah, bucks. exactly. You're like, give me your phone number. And they're trying to get like, they're trying to social engineer their way in, right? Yeah. Um, and so it, it's, yes, systems, use Rewind. Yes, use Practice Protect. Yes, use Relay. But like, it's also about educating uh, team yes. members. Because like social engineering is like one of the biggest risks. Yes. um, Like an internal threat effectively. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest issue right now is this social engineering because they've gotten quite good at it. Right. There's a lot of pieces of the puzzle they can put together that have been available on the dark web forever. They know a lot of things about you. You think of the Equifax breach. Yeah. Just think Equifax, of how much stuff got out on, there. CRA, IRS, you name it them. This goes on and on. Your stuff is out there, whether you whether you want to believe it or not. So it's just minimizing what they can do with that information mm-hmm. by all these practices we're talking about. You just mitigate all that risk that is already out there for every single person out there. Unless you're you're completely cut off from the internet and you're you're going to do everything manually and you're going to go to the bank and you're yeah. going to talk to a teller. And that's not um, our community. Our community is not air gap. No, <laughs> like, no we're, we're, like, we're very trusting in that yeah. we will give stuff out there and we will connect up 18 different apps to QBO with all their own little security things, because that's what we know that our world is better with those connections. Yeah. And, and you can have that and you can still, you can have all the benefits of the cloud yes. and mm-hmm. be safe, but there's things you need to be aware of. Like we were talking about those, those early days of the community when we started this call 
and how when when you sat down and you know there was two um, you know HubDoc and Receipt Bank side by side and on paper and on the floor like yeah maybe they had a slightly bigger booth but you couldn't tell the difference between those no. two companies but there was a massive difference in the scale of those two companies at that time and and there's a lot of app partners who are just getting started out and like yes. I'm not trying to fault them and 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 like there's a lot of applications out there that don't natively have multi-factor authentication and multi-factor authentication is is the number one thing because they're going to social engineer to try and get your cast password and then they're going to log in and they're going to either encrypt or steal your data and ransom you these are like the approaches that are typically being taken uh, because it's pretty it's it's not that easy for them to get access to your actual money these days um, yeah. without some form of ransomware thankfully because the banks for the most part are doing a pretty good job of protecting your data yeah, like a, I think you know, multi-factor authentication is definitely a good thing to ask about. Um, if you're dealing, if you're dealing with an app that like touches people's money, um, definitely also ask about like um, if there are critical changes to business information or personal information on the application. Are there notifications sent out? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to check for is like um, if there is a uh, unfamiliar login. Like, what is the process on notifications? Yeah. Like, do you get do you get an email? Um, I think these are some like very seemingly small things, but are actually really big things um, in terms of protecting your accounts um, from any type of takeover. Yeah, because um, uh, as soon as you, as sooner you can get to it, the the you know lighter the the damage, right? Or hopefully absolutely. And geofencing your anything that you have control over, geofencing so that you know you you can't have access from outside of whatever locations you choose. You know, time fencing is another thing that people do. So, or at least it's smart enough to know when. Like, I love the fact I have, I have, uh, I use ExpressVPN. So, um, sometimes I use my US one because, like Netflix, if you got a US VPN, right. you can watch their programming. So, I'll use the US one, or there's other apps. And you can get Relay work. Financial. <laughs> or, well, yeah, I guess you could. True, true that. Like but, US Netflix. Yeah. I forget to switch it back to Canadian, right? And I go to log into the bank and right away they're saying, okay, we know you go to the States once in a while, but we want to make sure. But that you were in you Canada really 10 minutes States. ago. How do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate that, that they're not willing to just give you the benefit of the doubt. They will find a way and they'll say, you know, okay, time to two factor. Yeah. And we'll, we're going to send you up. And what I love even more is they'll send you that code. It's in your messages and the messages actually populate into the, 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 the banking app right from the message. You don't even have to copy and paste it. You don't have to enter it manually. The phone is just smart enough to say, Ooh, you got something in messages. Do you want to use this one? Yes, I do. So it's, they've made it seamless now that I don't feel like, Oh, they're challenging me. Now I got to go through this and answer questions and do this. Now I just enter the code. I'm done. And yeah. it's beautiful. It really is. I, I have a sense of confidence that my bank is doing their job when they do that for me. Whereas in the old days, you know, you might go, this is a pain in the ass or, or you you make a charge that's completely out of the blue. It's totally legit. And I'll get a text from CIBC yeah. saying, and, and the card will be declined. And it's like, well, what do you mean declined? I, I got, you know, there's nothing wrong with my card, but I I'd rather than lock my card up and be happy yeah. to call them then. But then, all you have to say is yes, this yeah. is me. Like, yeah, they, they literally, yes. yeah. Was this your- And then you run the card that. again and you're good. And, and that's all AI, right? Like that AI is the future of, of security. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to see that coming down the channels, you know, in the, in the very near future, I think, because- that's like these cyber criminals are very sophisticated, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're not like one little hacker in the corner. This is like no, organized like gangs of criminals yeah. who are actively targeting, um, and and they're quite frankly, uh, what a lot of people don't realize, they're actively targeting the accounting and bookkeeping community because they know you hold large amounts of financial data, yeah. um, and and so I don't mean to like put the fear of God into you, but I, I mean to put the fear of God into you and just saying, hey. There's things you can do um, that that can allow you to to still continue to reap the benefits of what the cloud has brought to us. Which you know, I do not want to go back to you know pre 2015 when you know QBO was shit and you know we were doing things you know the old fashioned way and people were bringing us in you know uh, 
you know, physical documents and, and all that crap. Um, I love this, this future that we're in, but the new era also requires some more work from us. And this is the cost of doing business now in the new era is making sure that, that, that you're cro crossing your T's and dotting your I's or dotting your T's and crossing your I's, I was about to say. Um, and and uh, I love that you guys have put together this guide. Um, you know, I've been through it. it. It gives you a nice little app stack. You know, Practice Protect is a great tool out there uh, that effectively works like a last pass or a dash lane on steroids. It goes even further than what those things do. Um, if, you, if you're not using Practice Protect, um, you should have a look at it or at least be using something like a dash lane or a fast pass or one of those password managers so that you're doing, you know, long, complex passwords. Yeah. And, and you're not using the same password you, on every... Right? Yeah, they'll, it generates the password for you. It yeah. auto remembers it super easy. You remember one password, the last password you're ever going to need to know. Um, and, and it's secure. Right. And then you, you can, what I love, like, so we, um, I'm, I'm looking at, at, at uh, practice protect and more interested in now, thanks to your article, Yosef. Um, but, but we do use LastPass, and we use uh, duo security. Um, and I love duo security because uh, duo security doesn't send me, it uses like its own authenticator. But what I love about it is it comes to my mobile phone or my, my, my watch. So like, I don't even have to have my phone on me. It comes here and I just hit approve and I'm in. And, and so that, you know, the combination of LastPass and Duo security allow me to have multi-factor on all the things that don't even have multi-factor. Um, because by, by forcing that control, like, and with LastPass and with Practice Protect, you can give your team members access to cloud apps and they don't know the password. They it's their account. They don't know the password. All that authentication is handled and you still are controlling multi-factor whether the app has multi-factor or not. And that's like my, my little, like that's my app stack right now um, is, is the, those two combined. Um, of course with all, like, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like I was looking at it the other day. I've got over 61 logins in LastPass, like 61 accounts. And that's just like my business stuff. Like that's like, I, I have a, like, we have a LastPass business and then I have a LastPass personal. It's like, holy shit, this is a lot you of- You want to know how, my, how many I have because I've been carrying around a lot of stuff for years and I'd look into it and it's like, I got to get rid of that because I, I haven't had that account in years. What's that app? There's that app that monitors your things to remind you when to like shut things down. Someone, someone will know that. Oh, um, like the, I think it just, just to add, add to that a little bit, like one of the helpful things is it tells you if you have any exposures, right? Yeah. Checking those public. Well, Google's doing that now. I've noticed they send you these password alerts where they, they, they're saying, Oh, by the way, this the dark web monitoring. They're saying, yeah, you, this password is, is part of a, a breach, even though your particular account hasn't been breached. You've used this account before or this password before. It's part of another breach. So chances are, if they're going to come after you, they're going to throw that password at that piece of software yeah. and it's going to work because you've duplicated it. So don't do that. I don't. Plus, on one hand, I love it. On the other hand, it scares the shit out of me. Yeah. It should. It should. It should, people, yeah. it yeah, should people, put the fear of God in you. Yeah, people are out there doing like what they're called like credential stuffing attacks, where they have a list of you know email addresses and passwords, and they're just hitting uh, a login page. Brute force attacks. Yeah, every permutation um, to try and get in. Uh, like if, if you have one of those notifications, you should absolutely change your password. I'm sure you've already done it, but like, yeah. you know, well, I've done most of them because there's some stuff I don't even use very often, but it's that one time I'm going to forget. And you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's gotta be done. My, my wife had one of those notifications and she was really alarmed. And I said, just be cautious and follow its guidance. And I think she has been yeah, because go change that. it. And you know, the yes. other thing too, is I now actually, as I'm learning more about security, I now actually get the acquisition of Credit Karma. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's why they did it. I, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other business reasons as well. Um, but if 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 um, you look at the number of hacks that have been going on, the big, huge names that have been hacked, uh, I mean, the 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 number one thing, that, the only thing you really can do if your information is released is start monitoring your your credit, right? Um, and so Equifax, TransUnion, Credit Karma, Oral Well, 
these tools are uh, like, and, and you're seeing when, when like Capital One and, uh, and um, was hacked, what do they do? They give you all free credit monitoring tools. Mm -hmm. So I think Intuit's gone, hey, there's an, there's an increase in cyber attacks, there's an increase in cyber terrorism. What are people gonna be turning to? Credit karma. <laughs> And at the time, I didn't get it. Now, now I'm starting to get it. But you know, I I I know Intuit thinks you know a little further ahead than than most of us do, um, and so there's there's a reason that they're focusing on cyber. Um, but on that, we believe it or not, we've gone uh, we've gone the hour and and then some. It it does just just fly by. Um, so uh, Yusuf, we really appreciate you uh, hopping in with us. Uh, hopefully you'll stick around for a little bit of, we usually do an after show, maybe open it up to some people to come join us sort of off the record. Um, and, uh, and, we'll and, and we usually get some Americans come in so you can tell them. Yeah. about <laughs> Yeah. People well. who might actually be able to use your product. <laughs> Perfect. No, I, I, I think it's wonderful what you've done. Yusuf. It's been fun. Absolutely. Obviously we've known each other for, for several years now. And I, I love the fact that, you know, when you left HubDoc, you stuck around, you stayed in our world because we do lose people to other industries that, you know, it's the, the, the life goes on and you've stuck around and, and you stay relevant in our industry more than just relevant. You're a big player in the industry. Relay, what I'm seeing you're doing, I am envious as hell of our American friends that get to use your stuff because I know what you put, what you bring to a product. Thank you. And it looks so freaking cool. And, right. and I we've seen it. Thing about it. We've seen it in other parts of the world. The Challenger Bank is the future. Yeah. It definitely is. But we'll chat more about that in the after Thanks show. Thanks, everyone. Uh, so we'll see, see you. you back next week. And, and, and don't log out. We had our, our last guest. They logged out when they thought they thought <laughs> oh, yeah. it was over. And then we people came to see her. Oh, Susan Okay, and, I'm going to stop